Ben, does your obsession with history extend to the Titanic? Um, it was a little bit, it's a bit in between, like it's in between the Civil War and World War Two. so I kind of switched off in that section. So, right. Yeah, no, fortunately, no, sorry. Okay. Well, we're going to talk about food-related Titanic things today, so hopefully you, you might learn something. I hope so. Hi, you're listening to Ingredipedia, Australia's cruisiest food podcast. Mm. Although I don't know if I'd ever go near the, the food on a cruise ship. <laughs> Maybe not. But, but the Titanic was a cruise ship. That's Oh, yeah. I just mean like today's like, kind of like buffet. Star, I, yeah. I'd get, get behind the first class Titanic snacks for sure. Well, let's talk about them. Uh, I'm Ben Birchall. I'm joined by Emily Naismith and we're going to be talking about the food on the Titanic. And also Titanic-related food things. It's a bit of a weird one for us, but for reasons I'll explain later, I'm a bit obsessed with the Titanic at the moment. But um, go on this journey with us, okay? Go on the journey. Just make sure you've got a door <laughs> cling on to at the end. <laughs> ben, I think I know the answer already, but what's your favourite cake from the Women's Weekly Cake Book? Chip lips. Chip, the, the duck. Chip lips. I thought it was the kitchen. No, it's the kitchen. I just oh. like to say chip lips every now and again. Um, yeah, no, the uh, yeah, the kitchen. Yeah. 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 Well, the duck is also like iconic. Well, it's very hard to well, this bluey episode about how hard it is to make. So mm. yeah. I also love the kitchen. I also love the lolly shop. They're my, probably my oh, two yeah. favorites. Yeah. Also and, the jelly pool. Oh, yeah. Well, that's a classic. Yeah. And have you made any of these cakes for your kids? Uh, what have I made? I've made the train. I've made the giraffe head. I've done I've done a bunch of them. Yeah. Um, probably not so much for the second kid. That's being we, we used to go shopping for fondant <laughs> and like, you know, try and get the right color for the first kid, second kid. Yeah. yeah. Get melted paddle pop. <laughs> Off you go. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think I've only made the train from that book, um, but I've made it twice and the second time I had to adapt it to be a Garrett, which is an articulated steam engine. It was, it was, he had a very <laughs> in-depth request. So if your kid asked for a particular kind of cake outside the realms of the Women's Weekly Cookbook, mm -hmm. would you try and make it for them? Of course. Okay. And what if they asked for a Titanic cake? Um, I would uh, want to know how many people died in that cake before I made it. <laughs> Well, this happened and yeah. it caused a bit of a spin on the internet. There's an article on Nine Honey titled Child's Inappropriate Birthday Cake Divides the Internet. So for context, if anyone doesn't know, 1,500 people died when the Titanic struck yeah. an iceberg. Yeah. So this is from the article and it says, An internet user took to the popular Mumsnet talk forum this week to share an image of a child's birthday cake and ask others if they thought it was inappropriate. The elaborate cake features a model of the Titanic ship split in two and sinking into the blue cake that depicts the North Atlantic Ocean. Nearby are fondant icebergs as well as a ticket and a boarding pass. I'll just show you a picture. It's actually a very, very good cake. Oh, that must that must be a first kid. No, <laughs> no second or third kid's getting that one. That's a very, very well-made cake. It's a fifth birthday cake. And some of the comments in the article say... I don't understand in what world it's appropriate to make a cake for a child's birthday showing the death of over 1,500 people. To be fair, you don't really see the death or <laughs> any people. It's yeah. more just the ship. But, yeah, I get it. Another one said, cake looks well made, but totally agree, inappropriate. Another one said, yeah, not sure why they had to have the boat sinking. 
whoever made it is very talented though. Another one says, my nephew would love this cake too. He's obsessed with ships, especially the Titanic. Once you make something into a Hollywood film and more than 100 years have passed, I don't think it can be seen to be as comparable with current events in terms of how they might affect living people. Because she compared it to like a recent disaster in the UK and whether in 100 years people would be making cakes about that. What do you think about this? I think, yeah, 100 years like maybe it's a bit on the nose and it, yeah. it is sinking, but you know, yeah. it's not. It's not like anybody at home is going. My loved ones were aboard, and yeah, you know. Well, do you know what I reckon? This is like a real live issue for me mm. because since I took my son to the Titanic <laughs> exhibition at the Melbourne Museum, it's kind of overtaken trains as his number one passion. Oh, okay. And now we've spent our summer researching shipwrecks, researching the Titanic. Like I've had to become some kind of Titanic oracle. And I, honestly, if his birthday was in February, he would ask for a Titanic yeah. cake and I don't know what to do. Okay. So <laughs> listeners tell us. Is a Titanic cake appropriate or inappropriate in 2024? Please, I need guidance. Emily, I'm not an expert on the Titanic um, and what they ate on the Titanic, but luckily we have access to someone who is. Well, actually I am an expert, Ben, because I've I've had the Titanic high tea at Melbourne Museum. Okay. (laughs) Um, Yeah, as you mentioned, there is a Titanic high tea where they've recreated parts of the you know, the kinds of foods that would have been served on the Titanic into a high tea. So luckily we have Keith Higginson, the Michelin-trained chef who put the menu together to talk us through the menu. Keith, thanks so much for joining us. This is a, a pretty that's a pretty different project, I suppose. What was your starting point when you're putting together a high tea menu themed on the Titanic? Uh, first off, I just sort of had a look at what the food offering actually was on the Titanic and then thought about whether I could replicate some things exactly or if I needed to sort of tweak it a little bit to make it more relevant to what we eat now. And how well documented was the, was what was actually served on the Titanic? It's pretty good, actually. There's a bit of information there. Uh, so my main way of finding out was through, there's a, there's a Titanic museum in Belfast, where I come from. Style-wise, like... Looking through, you can see that with first-class guests on the Titanic, the food was very French, a lot of choice, top ingredients. So what, what were the, the, the foods kind of seen as, as luxury that the, that the first-class passengers would have, would have seen as luxury food in 1912? Yeah, first-class, you know, they had, they had freshly shocked oysters and filet mignon, roast squab, foie gras, eclairs, uh, and everything written in French. Uh, and that was just considered at the time to be what the uh, hoi polloi would be eating. Mm. And then once you go down to second class, it changes completely. There's nothing French on there whatsoever. It's like smoked herrings and roast beef and gravy and chicken curry and things like that. And did you get to actually make anything that was served on the Titanic, like kind of exactly or close enough for the menu? Or was it all like interpretations of it? Some things are quite close, like the little bush, which is a a small uh, boulevard. That with a mushroom duxelle inside is what you would have. So to try and elevate it a little bit, I I put a little Comte cheese cream in the bottom and then we just cut the mushrooms quite small and sauteed them off in some butter and garlic parsley and thyme. 
didn't come across a high tea menu on the Titanic, so it was mm. more about changing things that they had on the menu into that suitable for high tea. Yeah. So they didn't have scones with jam and cream on there? I feel like that would be like a classic thing to have uh, on the Titanic. No. Yeah, they had, they had scones with jam and cream. Yeah. <laughs> the jam was so nice on the scones, by the way. Amazing oh, yeah, mix thanks. of berries. Yeah. Yeah, the idea there is like in, in Ireland and England, when you go, like just walking to school as a kid, I'd be picking berries off the bushes because you get a lot of blackberries, red currants, black currants, raspberries all just growing wild. It's very common. So that's the type of jam that they, they would have been using. It would have been the season would have been just starting. And on the menu, there was a little um, shoe pastry. And mm. on the menu notes, it says that it was like really in trend at the time of the Titanic. Can you tell me a bit more about that? Yeah, well, they did have eclairs and profiteroles on the Titanic. Uh, and it is quite common to see that on a high tea menu. But I just thought to make it a little bit different. I love a Paris Bresse. A Paris Bresse is like a a little round donut shaped shoe bun and it always has like an almond cream in it and it's got these uh, slithered candied almonds on top <clears throat> it's a bit like my kryptonite if i see it i just have to have it <laughs> and uh i just wanted to do a little eclair version of that and even using the star nozzle for the cream because it's a bit retro uh and that's been very popular with the feedback we've got what, what was your favorite favorite aspect to create and i guess what's the feedback been from from other people who've um, what would have been the hits? Uh, strangely, the chicken sandwich. The High Tea Society have been raving about the chicken sandwich, so I just <laughs> sent them the recipe. We had a lot of feedback on that, a lot of feedback on the eclair, and uh, I suppose the salmon tartlet. So I wanted to do oysters, but also people can be funny about oysters. Uh, like generally at Christmas time, I'll get, I have like 16 people around for Christmas dinner and I get like five dozen oysters and I'm opening them to order and I'm force feeding people them because <laughs> you know more than half the people don't really want to eat them. Uh, so what I did is I did a little oyster emulsion and then we did, uh, we confit salmon. We got the aura salmon from New Zealand, uh, confit it, diced it, and then uh, put a little bit of oyster emulsion and then I made a marigold oil, uh, which was, in high regard because of uh, marigolds was the favorite flower of Shakespeare. So that was mm. the thought process behind that. Also, it looks very pretty on the plate. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a pretty amazing experience that, that Melbournians have got at the moment at the Melbourne Museum. It's called Titanic, the Artifact Exhibition. And the high tea has been put together by Keith Higginson, the executive chef from the Fresh Collective. Thanks so much for joining us on Ingredipedia, Keith. We really appreciate okay. your time. It's a pleasure. Thanks for having me. So that was our deep dive into the Titanic. You can vote for whose fact you found the most interesting on our Instagram. It's Ingridopedia. We'll see you next time. See ya. <laughs>